Thank you for choosing to listen to today's message by Reverend Dr. David Entry. We know you will be blessed as you seek and serve God. We believe that this message will stir up a desire for more of God, even as you listen. Be blessed. Nathaniel, in the Bible said, they called him, rather said, we have found him of whom Moses and the prophets, or Moses in the law, spoke about. Philip found Nathaniel, and Nathaniel was told, um, we have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, son of Joseph. And Nathaniel said, can any, anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip, you come and see. Come and see. The problem is unbelief. The problem. Lord, if you are able, please help us. Have mercy on us and do something about this, my son, who the devil has been throwing him, catch him, throw him into the fire. And Jesus said, Mark 9.23, Mark 9.23, Jesus said that if I am able, all things are possible to him who believes. So Jesus said, if you can believe, you are telling me, verse 22, if I am able, you are telling me, you are saying, if you can do anything, Jesus. Jesus also said, if you can believe. You saying, Jesus, if you can. He said also, you too, if you can. So your can to believe is what makes his can to do a possibility in your life. Can you believe God for your marriage? Can you believe God for your healing? Can you believe God for your family testimony? Can you believe God for that son? Your son. Yeah, I mean your son. Mom, can you believe God for your, your, your daughter? Can you believe God? Can you believe God for your finances? Can you believe God for your job? Can you believe God for your business? Can you believe God, sir, for your ministry? Can you believe God? Jesus said, if you can believe God, then all things are possible to the one who believes. So there are two categories of people who are alive. Those who believe who all things are possible for, and those who have not exercised their belief and are just subject to circumstances. When you believe, you cannot be at the mercy of situations and circumstances. And he says that, Jesus said, believe in the Father, believe also in me, his representative or his prophets physically on earth. God always has people on earth. God will always have a representative. He doesn't deal with us directly. He uses agents. He uses agents. The agent of God, you can call the prophet of God. Okay, so uh, when we talk about a prophet, we are not talking about someone with a strange gown or like some religions who call their prophets or some other Old Testament prophets in a certain sense. We are talking about an agent, a mouthpiece, someone through whom God speaks to relieve people, someone who through whom God proclaims his word and back his word, backs his word he's spoken through his servant. He performs the counsel of his messengers as Pastor was leading a prayer. Go to that scripture in Isaiah. God performs the counsel of his messengers. He performs the counsel of his messengers. He performs, he confirms the word of his servant and performs the counsel of his messengers. 
Now, he put, messengers and, and, and servants is what, when we use the word prophet in that sense, we mean, that's what we mean by prophet. And he said, believe in the Lord your God, so you shall be established. Believe, Second uh, Chronicles 20, 20, believe his prophets, so you will prosper. There is a need for you to believe. So when you say, I believe, it's not like I believe Jesus died for us. That's the foundation of all beliefs. <laughs> the matter of all beliefs is believing in Jesus Christ. But believing for a miracle, believing for a testimony, you believe in God that what? That God is able to do it. In Matthew chapter, chapter 9, verse 28, Jesus said, Do you believe that I am able to do this? When they came to Jesus, said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? So, you see, listen to this, brothers and sisters. It's your believing that He's able to do that makes Him able to do for you. Wow. You're believing. So, when He said believe in the prophet, it's not, it's not like believing by virtue of just uh, uh, the Apostles' Creed. I believe in the Holy Ghost. All those things that mean everything in Christianity rises and falls on those foundational beliefs. But after that, do you believe that God is able to do something for you? Do something about your, your situation? Do something about your condition? Do something about the case? Do something about what you are going through? Do something about your health? Do you believe that God is going to, is able to do it? That's one. And do you also believe that the, he's using his prophet? He will use his, because the prophet you don't believe in cannot be used by God for you. The prophet you don't believe in, you are better off going somewhere else where you can believe. If you are believing God for a miracle, God uses agents. He uses prophets. The prophet you don't believe in, the prophet you can't believe in, I think you should be advised. Advise yourself and tune in. Look for someone you can believe in. Because the one you don't believe in can be of help. If you are looking for help, if you are looking for the intervention of heaven, if you, if you are looking for the mercy of God, the hand of God to prevail over your life, for your circumstance, for a certain situation to turn around, you got to believe in God first and believe also the prophet is using to you. That is why the devil likes sp spreading negative, false information or negative information about the agents or the prophets, the messengers God will use to bless people. Because if you can receive him as a prophet, he can't help you in his capacity as a prophet. I see someone receiving a testimony tonight in the mighty name of Jesus. Listen, this is April. We are prophesying in April. And I'm telling you, by October, it will be speaking. Amen. I receive Some of us, October is too far. June, mm. by June, it is speaking for you. Amen. By June, it is speaking for you. So shall it be in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Well, today is, is uh, the Lamb of God. Behold the Lamb. In some, sorry, in um, John chapter 1, verse 29, when John saw Jesus coming, he said, Behold the Lamb of God. The next day, John see, see Jesus coming unto him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The sin, who takes away the sin of the world. In Revelation chapter 5, verse 5 and 6, it says that, Fear not, weep not. Behold, the Lion of the tribe of Judah has prevailed to open the book and to lose the seal thereof. Verse 6, it said, Then when I turned, behold, and behold, lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four and twenty elders, in the midst of the elders stood a lamb, is the lamb of God. So 
the Lamb of God. Oh, that's an interesting one. The Lamb of God. The Lamb of God. The Lamb of God. The Lamb of God. So I saw the Lamb of God. Look at verse 8. Verse 8 downwards to 11. It says that, And when you are taking the book, the four beasts fell, uh, fell uh, down before the Lamb, having every one of them harp and golden veils full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. Verse 9. And they sang a new song, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou was slain, that you were killed. Okay, you were executed, you were murdered, you were killed, and has redeemed us. Where my Redeemer lives, hallelujah, has redeemed us to God by your blood out of every lamb, tongue, people, and nation. Hallelujah, nation. And uh, and has made us priests, uh, kings and priests unto our God, which shall reign forever and ever. Hallelujah. So they sang the song to the lamb. Worthy is the lamb. You are worthy to receive glory. In Revelation chapter 22 and from verse 1, it says that, and I saw, verse 1, Revelation 22, and he showed me a pure river of water, clear of scripture, proceeding out of what the throne of God and of the lamb. Now, this is not shaki, or this is not an ordinary uh, animal for barbecue, because a lamb that has got thrown and he shares the throne with God. All right. Some people may say, oh, the animal kingdom, they also have a representation in heaven. The devil is a liar. That's, this has not got anything to do with animal, but it has everything to do with the role, the role, the role. The, in the history of humanity, the lamb has played the, a role. Now, why did Jesus have to be the lamb of God? Why? In what way is he the lamb and why is he the lamb of God? And for that matter, like, why does he have to die? In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse, verse 3, it says that uh, uh, Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Okay? I deliver first of all to you what I receive. How Christ died for our sins. How? According to what? Scriptures. He died for our sins according to what? The scriptures. Right, so that is very important. According to the scriptures. Now, this scriptures we are talking about is not Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Acts, and Romans. This scriptures, when Paul was writing, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John were not scriptures yet written. So when he said the scripture, he's talking about Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, First, Second Samuel, all the way to Malachi. That's the Old Testament scriptures. And so if you want to understand why Christ died, you can't stop in the New Testament. You have to go back into the Old Testament. There are some Christians who say, I don't read the Old Testament because it's not relevant to me. They don't understand Christianity. They, they, if, if, you see, you can never have a proper Bible if you remove Genesis. The Bible ceases to be Bible in the absence of Genesis, and it ceases to be Bible in the absence of Revelation. <laughs> I mean, how can you start the Bible with Exodus? Suddenly you see a people who are the Jews, who are in slavery, who are being, uh, where did all this come from? It's not, Jesus quoted Genesis more than any other thing. He made references to Genesis, all the key points in Genesis. He spoke about it. He spoke about the beginning, how God created man. Uh, uh, man. He spoke about uh, 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 Abraham. He spoke about Noah. He spoke about uh, uh, Abraham, Noah. He spoke about uh, uh, 
all the key elements in, uh, in Genesis. Jesus made references to it. He spoke about Lot. He spoke about Lot, Lot's wife. So Genesis is such an important book. So to understand why the lamb had to die, oh, oh, to understand why he's the lamb of God who had to die, I think it is just right to start from Genesis. You can look at Genesis. You can look at Exodus. You can look at Leviticus. You can look at Numbers. He's everywhere. In Genesis, he's there. In Exodus, no, when I say he's there, not just even Jesus being there, but I'm talking about him as the offering for our sins, him as the sacrifice. The sacrifice of the Father. He's there in Genesis. He's there in Exodus. He's there in Leviticus. He's there in uh, Numbers. He's there in uh, um, in Deuteronomy. He's there in Joshua. He's there in 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 in, in uh, Judges, Ruth, First Samuel, Second Samuel, First uh, Kings, Second Kings, First Chronicles, Second Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Job, Psalms. Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, uh, Songs of Solomon, Isaiah, uh, Jeremiah, uh, Lamentations, Daniel, Hosea, Joel, and the rest. He is there everywhere. He is there everywhere. If you, do, you can't find him there, that, um, that means that it is not authentic. Any book of the Bible you can't find him in it is not authentic. And if you can find him, watch this, you have to find the cross there too. Mm. And so let's look at Genesis. In Genesis chapter 22, in Genesis chapter 22, there's a, a beautiful story there, how Abraham was there, and then God came to appear to him. Let's look at verse 1. Genesis chapter 22, verse 1. The Bible says that, and it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said to him, Abraham, he said, behold, here I am. Number two, watch this. Number two is very important. He said, take now thy son, thy only, thy only son, Isaac, whom you love, and get thee into a land of Moriah, and offer him there as a burnt offering up upon one of the mountains, which I will tell thee of. Wow. Wow. Verse 4. And on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. Oh, okay. It was a place. Wow. Verse 5 and 6. And Abraham said to this young man, I bide here with the ass. And I and the lad will go yonder and worship. We'll go further, in other words, and worship and come again to you. Verse 6. And Abraham took the wood mm, of the burnt offering mm, and laid it upon uh, mm, I uh, laid it upon Isaac, his son, and took the fire uh, in his hand and, uh, and a knife, and they went both. <laughs> Of them together. All right. Because of my time, I wouldn't want to go in too much. Now you realize that. Look at verse two and three again. And the Lord said, Take thy only son, Isaac. Thine only son, Isaac. Remember, he had Ishmael. By the eyes of God, Ishmael was not his, his actual son, his only son, Isaac. Only son, Isaac. God, that is the legitimate, heaven recognized, heaven accepted son. Now, there and there you can see the cross at play. Isaac, Jesus is the Lamb of God because the Lamb that was sacrificed for the pleasure of God. And God showed us in Abraham that he was also going to send Jesus on one, in, uh, one day. So, I want to draw your attention briefly to the story of Isaac. How Isaac was just like Jesus. In theological terms, we will say Isaac was 
the type of Jesus. When you look at Isaac, you examine his life very carefully. You see a lot of things in his life that reflected exactly what happened in the life of Jesus. But because we are talking about the cross, we will restrict ourselves to the cross so long as Isaac is concerned. Now, all of them, all of it in Genesis chapter 22, I'll give you about eight or nine points that Isaac in his sack, Isaac was like Christ as the Lamb of God. Number one, Isaac was in verse 2 and verse 12 and verse 16. Look at verse 2. Isaac being the only, uh, he was the only begotten son. Okay, so thy only son. You see that, look at verse 12. Verse 12 says that, he said, lay thy hand, uh, lay not thy hand upon the lad, neither do uh, anything to him. For I, for now I know that that fear of God, seeing thou has uh, not with thy, withheld thy son, thy only son. Ah, so Isaac is an only son. Look at verse 16. Thy only son. And, uh, and said, by myself I swear, says the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy son, thine only. He, like, he said thy son, then he will emphasize your only son. For God so loved the world. John 3, 16, that he gave what? His only, 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 only. So Isaac was an only son. Jesus was an only son. And it's not that Isaac was just an only son. Verse 2, again in Genesis chapter 22, Isaac was the son God, his father loved. The son his father loved. And Jesus, so Isaac, the son whom thou loveth. Jesus, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And look at um, uh, uh, Matthew, Ma sorry, Matthew 3.17 is the one I'm actually looking at. Matthew 3.17, a voice came from heaven saying, this is my what? The son I love. The son I love. So Isaac was an only son. Isaac was a beloved son. Jesus was an only son. Jesus was a beloved son. Someone shout hallelujah. 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 Wow. Number, number three, Isaac found uh, 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 he 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 did his father's will. I, Isaac mm -hmm. did his father's will, or followed his father's father's will. What his father wanted, that's what he decided to do. When you look at the verse six, his father said, "Let's go, take the wood, and let's go. We are going to sacrifice." And Isaac said, "Okay, I'll follow." Abraham took the wood and burnt offering and laid it on his son Isaac. And what did Isaac do? No problem. He did his father's will. Isaac just followed his father's will to the extent that when they even got to the uh, where he's going to execute him, he, he was willing. Isaac was willing and obedient. Oh, but I will come to that. So Isaac followed his father's will. How about Jesus? In, in Matthew chapter 26, verse 13, and Jesus said, If this possible, let this cup come pass. Nevertheless, not as I will. So Jesus Christ also followed his father's will. Isaac followed his father's will. Jesus followed his father's will. If I were you, I would shout hallelujah. Isaac was, yeah. Isaac was obedient and was willing to die. Can you imagine? Obedient unto die. He obeyed his father so much. His father said, lie down, let me kill you. He also lied down. And Isaac was not a child. He was a, a young man. At that time, Isaac was a young man. Theologians believe he was around the age of 17. He could fight. His father was very old, 117. And a 17-year-old boy, who is stronger? But he willingly, verse 9, verse 9, uh, Genesis 22, verse 9 and verse 10, he lied down, he laid down quietly. His father said, and they came to the place of which God had told him. And Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood on it 
in a place that would in order, and he, he bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar. Can you imagine? Verse, the next verse. And Abraham stretched, stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. He took, he was about, Isaac was willing unto obedience. Wow! Wow. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 8, the Bible says, Jesus became obedient. Uh, Isaac was obedient unto death. Jesus also became obedient to the point of death. That's the Lamb of God. Number, uh, and then when you look at number 5, I, 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 Isaac, who carried, Isaac carried his own wood. The, verse 6, Genesis 22, verse 6. Uh -huh. The wood that they are going to use to kill him. Isaac carried his own wood. Uh -huh. And Abraham took the, uh, Abraham, uh, so Abraham took the wood, the wood of the burnt offering, and laid it on Isaac his son. He carried it. He carried it. How about Jesus? Jesus also carried his own wood, his own cross. <laughs> John chapter 19, verse 17. Look at John chapter 19, verse 17. Jesus carried his own cross. And he said, and he, bearing his cross, went out to a place called the place of skull, of the of a skull, which is called in the Hebrew Golgotha. It was a mountain. It was a hill. He went to the hill carrying his own cross. Isaac also went carrying his own cross. Number five, Isaac was offered to God as a burnt offering on Mount Moriah. Mount Moriah. Abraham, uh, God told Abraham, take him to the mountain. I will show you. Genesis chapter 22, verse, verse, uh, verse 2. And take your son, to, to uh, your only son, whom you love. Offer him there, uh, uh, sorry, to the land of Moriah. And it was a mountain. He said, and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains. Guess what? Jesus was also killed. He was taken to the same mountain. The same mountain. It, it was Mount Moriah. But in Jesus' time, they used to call it Mount Zion, which was Mount Golgotha. Mount Zion. Mount Zion. Look at 2 Chronicles. I've talked on this before. 2 Chronicles chapter 3, verse 1. 2 Chronicles chapter 3, verse 1. It says that that's the same place Solomon built the temple. Solomon began to build the house of the Lord at Jerusalem on Mount Moriah. Is that not why Abraham went to sacrifice Isaac? Mount Moriah, where the Lord appeared to his father David. And that's the same place David had encounter with God. That mountain. And guess what? In our modern day, we are Mount Zion. Hey! For you have come to Mount Zion. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22. But thou hast come to Mount Zion. God works in Mount Zion. He likes sacrifice to be offered in Mount Zion. In fact, he told, the, he told his people in Deuteronomy 16, 16, that offer your burnt offering where I will show you. God used to tell them, come there three times a year and come and sacrifice there. Come and feast. Mount Zion. God is the God of Mount Zion. God is the God. Psalm 132 verse 12. Psalm 132 verse 12. If your sons will keep my commandment and my testimony, I think they, they, uh, 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 um, their sons, Psalm 132 verse 13, I'm sorry, verse 13. For the Lord has chosen, oh, the Lord has chosen the church. <laughs> that is where Jesus died. Isaac died on Mount Moriah, or he was sacrificed as he was offered as a sacrifice. Actually, offered. He was placed on the altar. The Father took the, the to offer him. I've given him. That's why God said, "Now, because you have done it already, you have given him to me." He took the knife. The knife was about to kill him, and then God said, "Okay, you have done it." So he actually offered on the mountain. And Jesus was also offered on the Mount Golgotha. He was offered on the Mount Golgotha. And I'll tell you why he had to be offered. And 
then, then number, number seven, Isaac was killed on the altar and returned to Abraham on the third day. Uh, look at chapter Genesis again. Let's look at Genesis chapter 22, verse 4. Verse 4, I want to show you something there. That's very important. Verse 4 says that, Then on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. Can you imagine? From this house to where to go and we went to do the sacrifice was three days' journey. Three days' journey. On the third day, so look at verse 10. From verse 10, I want to show you something. And Abraham stretched his hand to kill the guy. Verse 11. And the angel of the Lord called from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, uh, here I am. Verse 12. He said, don't kill the guy. Don't lay your hand on uh, Since uh, I now know that you fear me. Look at verse 13. <laughs> then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked. And there behind him was a ram caught in a ticket by its horn. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it for a burnt offering instead. Somebody say instead of his son. Instead of his son. Of his son. Three days later, when Abraham got home, his son, he went back with his son. He had him three days later back in the house. Three days later, in Genesis, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 19, look at this. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 19, Abraham offered Isaac, concluding that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from which he also received him. So Isaac, as it were, Isaac back in Abraham's life was like a resurrected Isaac. Because he actually received him back from the dead. Do you see that? Even from the dead. He received him back from the dead. So Isaac, so long as Abraham was concerned, he was gone. And three days later, he received him in a house back as a resurrected Isaac. Jesus Christ was also crucified in 1 first, first, um, Corinthians chapter 15, verse 4. According to the scriptures, verse 3 says that he died for our sins according to the scriptures. Verse 4, look at verse 4. And he was buried and he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! So Jesus, well, Isaac was a type of Christ because he was offered up in death and he, he was, his father got him back from the dead and the same as Jesus. And then last but one, Isaac was multiplied in there. After he died, watch this, after God said, sacrifice Isaac for me, see what happened. After I, Abraham tried to sacrifice Isaac in his heart, Isaac was gone. Look at verse 70 of Genesis 22. Verse 17, you will like this. Suddenly, God said, I'm going to, I, I said, blessing, I will bless you and do what? Multiply, uh, in multiply, I will multiply your descendants. Now, I'm going to give you plenty sons as Isaac. Plenty. Isaac was multiplied to Abraham because Abraham offered him up. How about Jesus? Jesus Christ too. Bible, Jesus himself said, John chapter 12, verse 4, 24, except a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, he abides alone. But if it dies, but if it dies, except a, 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 a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone. But when it dies, when it dies, so you can see that Jesus Christ was multiplied. Look at uh, 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 3. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 3 talks about we have been made sons of God to, by the resurrection. So after the resurrection, we, we all became sons of Christ. Did you see that? Abandonment begotten us again unto living hope through the resurrection of Jesus. Isaac's resurrection brought many sons to Abraham. Jesus' resurrection brought many sons to his father. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! We had, so 
all that along, there was a prophecy in Genesis about Jesus, about his death, his burial, and his resurrection. He had to be offered as the offering for God. And God accepts lambs as offering. Lamb has blood. And let me give you the last point Isaac, about Isaac. In uh, uh, point number nine, Isaac was the seed of Abraham for the blessing of all nations. Look at verse 18 of the same chapter, Genesis chapter 22. Genesis 22. Jesus is right there. Genesis chapter 22. He said, in your seed, all nations of the earth, in your seed. Ah, so when he was blessing him, he said, I'll multiply your seed. They said, in your seed, all nations shall be blessed. So Isaac became a point of the seed of Abraham for the blessing of all nations. How about Jesus Christ? How about Jesus Christ? In the same way, Jesus also, in Genesis chapter, sorry, Galatians chapter 3, verse 8. Galatians 3, 8. Galatians 3, 8. And the scriptures foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preach the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, in, 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 in you all the nations shall be blessed. So in you knowing, talking about Jesus. Uh, so Isaac was the seed of Abraham for the blessing of all nations. Jesus was also the seed of Abraham for the blessing of, look, of all nations. Verse 14. Look at verse 14. Verse 14. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon us, the, the, the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise, um, uh, the, the pro promise of uh, the faith. Look at verse 16. This, verse 16. Now, to Abraham and to his seed were the promise made. He does not say, and to your seeds, as of many, but as of one, and to your seed, who is Christ. So Isaac was the seed of Abraham, Christ also the seed. You see that? So now, why am I talking about Christ's death on the cross as the lamb? He was death on the, he, he, he died on the cross as the lamb. Watch this. This is very important. To be offered for our sins. So he said, behold the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. When an offering, a sacrifice is offered to God, he, it's offered, any sacrifice that doesn't have blood doesn't move the heart of God. Because of sin, blood is needed for covering of sin. Blood is needed for the covering of sin. So Jesus, watch this, he, he had to die on the cross to shed his blood as the lamb of God for the covering of our sins. So he died to redeem us from our sins. In Galatians, sorry, in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 19 and 20, he says, we have been redeemed as of, by the precious, by, uh, but with the precious blood of Christ. How? As of a lamb without spot and without blemish. He redeemed us by the blood. He redeemed us by the blood. Redeemer. That's why I thank God for that song. I know my Redeemer lives. Listen, the, the sicknesses came into life. Problems came into life because of sin. Now, if you have been redeemed from our sins, then guess what? Satan will not have any standing uh, uh, platform. He will not have any reason why he can execute his evil intentions. When your blood, uh, when the blood of Christ covers your sins, when your sins have been taken care of, Satan doesn't have a platform to afflict you. I see somebody, God is turning your situation around. Shout hallelujah! Hallelujah! 
Hallelujah. So he had to be the blood. He had to be the Lamb of God, so that by his blood he will he will pay for our sins and redeem us from our sins. And then number two, why does he have to be the blood, uh, the lamb? It's very important. It's in Exodus. He had to be the lamb because of Exodus. There's a lamb in Exodus chapter 12. There is a lamb in Exodus chapter 12. I'm telling you, he's in Leviticus too. He's in Numbers. But time will not permit us to go to Numbers, to go to Leviticus, Deuteronomy and Joshua. But look at Exodus chapter 12. In Exodus chapter 12, when you let's, let's read from verse um, 2. Let's start from verse 1 so we can just, let me show you something. Exodus chapter 12 from verse 1 and... Now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in Egypt, in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be the beginning of months. Wow. This month shall be the beginning of months. It's amazing. This month shall be the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year. Okay. So what's supposed to happen? Mark attire. Speak to the congregation of Israel, saying, On the tenth, uh, uh, on the tenth of the month, every man, every man shall take for himself a lamb. Oh. Okay, a lamb, according to his father's house, a lamb for each household. Go to verse 5. Verse 5. The lamb, uh, your lamb shall be without blemish. Did you see that we read about as a lamb without blemish? Without blemish in uh, First Peter chapter 1 verse 19. Without blemish. So he said, your lamb must be without blemish. Okay, your lamb shall be without blemish. A male of the first year. That means that uh, the first male child. That's why Mary's first child, him, Jesus must be the first son of his, uh, of his earthly mother and as well, the first son of his father in heaven. Of the first. You shall take it from the sheep or from the goats. All right, let's go to the next verse. And you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month. Then... Uh, then the whole assembly of the uh, as, assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it. Ah, that lamb must be killed. The lamb must be killed. Revelations chapter five. It said, "For you were slain." Verse nine. For you were slain, and you have redeemed us. The sangha, you were ready to take the stroll and open it, uh, open its seal. For you were slain. That the lamb must be killed. You shall kill it. You shall kill it. So Jesus had to be killed. Why was he killed? Because it was God's idea that he must be killed. He must be killed. So you shall kill it. The Lamb of God must be killed. Why do you need to kill it? And then he says that when you go down from, from verse, uh, let's look at verse 10 because of time. Just jump to, okay, well, go, go back, go back. Let's read it and then we we'll go to verse 10. He said, and you shall take some of the, uh oh, the blood, the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lentil of the house where you eat it. Ah, you eat, there must be the blood of that lamb on the house you live in. Listen, this your body, your, your body, you know your body is a house. I think in First Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1 or somewhere, it says that our earthly tabernacle, which is our house, I put off my earthly, so I forgot to But your body is a house. Your body is your house. Is hurting your spirit on this earth. Without your body, you can't stay on this earth. 
your body is your actual address on this earth. <laughs> so take care. Uh, this is rather second Corinthians. So take good care of your body, brother. <laughs> take good care of your body, sister. Stop the smoking. Stop the alcoholism. <laughs> take good care of your body. <laughs> take, take good care of your house, sister. Stop it. All right. Second Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1. <laughs> it says that, For we know that if our earthly house, you see, earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, and house not made with hands. Etern so it's talking about if our earthly house, this physical body. Let's see how the uh, Amplifier puts it, so that someone will see what I'm trying to talk about. For we know that if the tent, which is our earthly home, is destroyed, destroyed. That's this body. He's talking about this body. It doesn't. Uh, okay, a new living, a new living translation. Let me see if it puts it in any. If it, we know that that when this earthly tent we live in is taken down, that is when we die and leave this earthly body. Do you see that? We, so this your earthly body is a house. Your body is a house. Wow. Your body is a house. It's not everything that can come into your house. Some things must go in a bin. You're preaching. <laughs> All right, let me not get distracted. So, our bodies are house, and it says, take some of the blood. I like that one. Take some of the blood and put it on the house where you live in. Hallelujah! <laughs> Why do I need it? Verse 10. Verse 10. You shall let none of it remain until the morning and remain until the... Let's go to the verse, verse 11 quickly. And that you shall eat it with your belt, uh, with the belt on your waist, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. So sh shall you eat it in his. It is the Lord's Passover. That this is very important. Ah, so this lamb is the Lord's Passover. How you are handling, eating it and applying the blood is the Lord's Passover. Is the Lord's Passover. Ah, Remember that, don't forget that, because of my time. It's the Lord's Passover. Look at the next verse. Huh? Verse 12. For I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night. I will strike all firstborns in the land of Egypt, but uh, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Look at verse 13. Oh, now the blood shall be a sign, a sign for you on the houses where you are and when I see the blood I will pass over you and the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt verse 14 I strike the land so this day shall be to you a memorial and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations you shall you shall keep it as a feast by an everlasting ordinance this one is supposed to go on throughout you shall keep it as a feast. Why? Because it is not, the real thing is coming. So keep it going until the real one comes. That's why we Christians, we take communion because according to 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, 1 Corinthians 5, 7, the Passover, Christ is our Passover. The Passover lamb. Therefore, purge, purge out the, uh, the uh, old living that you may, be, you may be a new lamb since you truly are unliving. For indeed, Christ, 
our Passover was sacrificed for us. You are talking about the lamb that was sacrificed. Why is he the lamb? Because some, oh, oh, now I'm going to make a big point. Because, number one, because our sins must be paid for. But not just that, listen. Number two, because the devil must be terminated. The devil must be crushed in your life. That's one of the reasons for encounter face. Every satanic hold in your life must be crushed. Must be crushed. Because the lamb has prevailed. The lion of the tribe of Judah prevails. He's the lamb. He's the fear not. Weep not, oh John. Uh, Revelation 5 5. Weep not, oh John. Why? Because, 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 because the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the book and to lose his scroll. Say, so open. Verse 6. Verse 6. The lion. And behold. Uh, uh, sorry. And I beheld. I looked. And lo, I saw in the midst a lamb. So the lion that has prevailed is a lamb. He had to prevail. See, the lion is for fighting. You can't overcome it. But he had to be a lamb in order to be able to be our lion. When it comes to overcoming the devil, when it comes to delivering us from Egypt, somebody is coming out of that Egypt situation. Somebody is coming out of that Pharaoh situation. Why? Because the lamb, the lamb, the blood of the lamb is what seals it. It delivers us. We have the blood of the lamb. The lamb is speaking. The blood of the lamb is speaking for you. The blood of the lamb is covering you. The blood of the lamb covers your health, covers your finances, covers your family, covers your marriage, covers your career, covers your mind, covers your life, covers your ministry, covers your business, covers your children. The blood, someone shout the blood of the lamb. Behold the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He doesn't only take away the sins of the world, but he also delivers us from the powers of darkness. <laughs> he doesn't only take away the sins of the world. That is why he's Isaac, to satisfy, to satisfy the, 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 the to satisfy God's justice. He had to be the lamb to, to be offered as a sacrifice just like Isaac was offered as a sacrifice and God said, ah, I like what Abraham has done. I'm pleased with his sacrifice. He had to be the lamb to be sacrificed to satisfy God's justice, but not just to satisfy God's justice, also to terminate Satan's evil influence over our lives, to terminate demonic activity. They overcame by the blood of the lamb and the the, 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 and the word of their testimony. As I taught last, um, was it Thursday? Yes, uh, I think it should be Thursday or Friday. Uh, I, I, or Saturday or Sunday night. Rather, last Saturday night. As I taught last Sunday night, that the bloodline is not crossable. It's not, it's impassable. Satan can't go beyond the blood. Why? We have a lamb. That's why it had to be a lamb. So the lamb, the blood of the lamb, Pharaoh couldn't stop them because a blood of the lamb was speaking. We thank God for using his servant, Reverend Dr. David Entry, to share this awesome word. If this message has blessed you in any way, please spread the word by sharing it and send us an email to amen at charis.org. Remember to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube and Twitter for regular updates on what God is doing here at Charis Ministries. Stay blessed.